Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Wish you could fish more, anywhere, anytime. Rod Geeks, a St. Croix Rod's partner, has developed a 42-inch one-piece travel rod designed and built with the same technology found in St. Croix Rods. This travel rod is offered as a kit that comes with the RG42 rod, spinning reel, fishing line, pliers, and tackle tray. All in a case with space for your wallet, phone, and fishing license. Just grab and go. Perfect to keep in your pickup, car, or RV. This shorty performs much like a longer rod, but is compact enough for easy storage and for on-the-go use. Make this the summer you fish more. RodGeeks.com GuideFitter.com GuideFitter, bridging you to the outdoors while providing a quality platform for guides and outfitters for you to select from. GuideFitter is the best place to get discounts on gear if you're an outdoor professional. As a game warden, I'm a member of the Outdoor Government Program, which has over 80 quality brands to get discounts from. It's free to join. Yes, free to join. And all you need to do is prove that you're an active outdoor government employee. There are all kinds of products available. Apparel, boots, archery equipment, optics, backpacks, cameras, watches, ammo, anything, you name it. And while you're there, check out the articles, information, and stories that you'll be inspired from. So before you head out to work in the outdoors or start your next outdoor adventure, check out GuideFitter.com and get discounts on your everyday or every so often outdoor equipment. This is Game Warden Wayne Saunders for GuideFitter. Wireless Partners building the first net cellular network for AT&T in New Hampshire, Maine, and Vermont to ensure first responders can always communicate in emergency situations so you know help is on the way when you need it. Wireless Partners is partnering for success with communities, local and state government, local business, and visitors. Wireless Partners building cellular networks for you. This podcast is brought to you by Maine Operation Game Thief. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those 
who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves Game Wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. This podcast is with Jen Wolf of Michigan DNR, and Jen is a lieutenant with the Department of uh, Natural Resources, I got DNR, yeah, so I should know that by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, 21 years, huh? 21 years. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. And, well, yeah. and I got to tell everybody that the first time I ever saw Jen was in Texas, so and it was like 110 degrees. And here she comes running by us, and we're all at a conference, and she runs by us, and we're like, that, that, that girl's in our conference, and she, but she's running. And, and then she stops the stops to the stop side, and she's got to stop and wait for traffic. She starts doing push-ups. <laughs> and me and Ron Olis are standing there, we're like, she's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but physical fitness is a big part of you, isn't it? It, it is. It yeah, is. You've, um, you've always been really physically fit, haven't you? I have. Even My in 110 degrees. My ingrained it in me. Yeah. When I was two years old, she would take me for four-mile walks. Wow. Um, and she still It's like walks. child she's abuse. A, yeah. She's had a knee <laughs> replacement and still walks eight miles every day. So Awesome. Yeah. So it, it is in your genes. I think so, yeah. 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 I'd love to meet your mom sometime because uh, <laughs> I thought you were crazy. I bet you she's crazier. Oh, she rocks it. She does. She's, she's at home watching my son right now, and she's letting him have all these kids come over, and uh, she's just eating it up. So, yeah. yeah. No, he loves Graham, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that, that's huge. My son would be the same way. But in fact, he's like, next year, why don't you guys go on yourself, and I'll hang home with uh you know my grandfather so and we're like <laughs> really time. yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we'll see how that works <laughs> out when it's time to go <laughs> no i want to go so but yeah so 21 years with dnr but you didn't start off with dnr did you no i didn't i started off with the uh, michigan state police i was wow. a trooper um in northern michigan and how many women were part of Michigan State Police during that time? Was, a, was there quite a few, or were you a minority? Or um, At that time, I was a minority. I know that they've been working really hard to increase their diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, these past few years, they've had a great focus on hiring women. Um, but during the time that I was hired, um, out of our class of, I believe it was 98 people, there were 15 women. Well, that's still more than I would have thought. Yeah. And then we ended up graduating, I think, 11 to 12 wow. out of that class. But, huh. but that's reaching way back in the coffers 21 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know that, that was a time when women were just really starting to get really involved with law enforcement, too. And to be honest with you, Jen, I get a lot of uh, people reaching out to me and asking me, you know, are you going to interview any women? Or, you know, they, they want to hear the woman's side. And it's a lot of women that either want to break into law enforcement or into law enforcement. So to hear... You know, breaking in 21 years ago is is probably pretty interesting to them. And I I find it interesting, too, because I remember my academy class, which was similar. I think we probably, you know, New Hampshire was small. We had like 45 in it, and we probably had five or six women. So, I mean... yeah. So, I, 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 um, do you, have you seen the ratios grow? And like you said, there's actually incentives for Michigan to hire, right? Oh yeah, um, I have seen the ratings grow, and not not that uh, our department, Department of Natural Resources and Conservation Officers, we haven't been targeting any, I guess, groups to increase our diversity. We we like to maintain our standards, 
But we have seen an increase in diversity in our department, I think, due solely to the marketing, all the outdoor shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got one going on right now. I know New Hampshire had theirs yep. in Maine. And uh, there's just a lot more advertisement and focus mm. on the profession. Um, I mean, when I grew up, all of I guess I was a tomboy, so all of my friends were, were guys, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I had... One of my first jobs was at a backcountry outfitter store, so I did a lot of hiking. And, nice. Yeah, skiing and kayaking and canoeing and camping. You know, that was, I lived outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, then into high school, you know, my, my friends started hunting and fishing, and, you know, I followed right in that path. And then I got a job um, at a store that was called Travers Bay Tackle, and all they did was hunting and fishing. Um, so, wow. You know, I, I was then... You got really to learn the, that it. inside the retail side of hunting and fishing oh, yeah. and the equipment, how to use it. Right. And then you got the discount. So then you get the discount. So <laughs> yeah, yeah so you, you were I... popular among the boys, I bet, because how many girls hunted and fished and yeah, and then could get them discounts. So yeah, you know, exactly. That, well, I never looked at it that way. So was that your connection that you wanted to become a game warden? Be- yeah, actually, um, during that time, so, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Traverse City, which is just a No idea where that is. Beautiful part of Michigan. It's, it is. It's, uh, is it upstate, downstate, middle state? It's, it's northern. It's in the northern lower peninsula. Okay. You know, Michigan's divided up into kind of two, right. two different areas. We have our upper peninsula, and they mm-hmm. consider themselves their own state up there, mm-hmm. and then the lower peninsula. But it, it's the upper northern, uh, upper, I guess, the... Upper Lower Peninsula. Upper Lower Peninsula. Upper okay. Lower Peninsula. <laughs> and I and I can see that peninsula. So yeah. you're 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 about you know a quarter of the way up the peninsula, basically. Yeah, but but Traverse City. Um, you're on the lake. Uh, I wasn't on the lake. But you were close. We were close. Yes, yeah. and uh, my great grandfather had a cherry farm on Old Mission Peninsula, which is mm. kind of a renowned area of the state, cherry capital of the world. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he had property on Bars Harbor. Um, which is just, you know, it's very, you need millions of dollars to live there now. But at mm-hmm. that time, you know, it was just all cherry farmers and we would ride our horses back and forth to our cousin's house. And, um, Jeez, you know, it sounds so, like you had a great, great childhood, yeah. you know, well, riding horses, cherry farm, yeah. <laughs> beautiful country, working in an outdoor store. Uh, yeah. That, that, that sounds like a, a dream, you know? Right. Yeah. So. My parents, and neither of my parents, they, they were not the outdoorsman type people. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we had camped with them. They didn't hunt and fish a whole lot. Um, I kind of got into that on my own, mm-hmm. um, you know, really got into fishing on the, the rivers. And that's where I had my first contact with a conservation officer. I got checked for my fishing license, which, you know, I legally had one. Mm-hmm. And I'm tearing through my trunk of my car looking for it and he's thinking she doesn't have one yeah that's exactly you know he's like no she doesn't have a girl good girl fishing she she probably just found that pole somewhere (laughs) but you know as i'm going through my trunk i got my tents back there my backpack and you know he's like you look like you spend a lot of time outdoors and i said i do and he said uh well we've got a volunteer conservation officer program would you be interested you know after you come and show me that you do have a valid license <laughs> yeah of course i want i want someone legal to, to right, participate right. um so th- that's kind of my first interaction with a conservation officer who ended up living in my same neighborhood had never met him before but we Neat. lived uh, very close together so um excellent experience you know got up at wee hours of the morning it was turkey openers so we were out with binoculars and, uh-huh you know it was just it was right so you took the app. job as the the the, the, the vco the, yeah. VC, the vco volunteer volunteer conservation officer 
Wow. So, and you know, I was. Geez. And you worked basically hand in hand with the guy that checked your license. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I it, was. And showed you the ropes. At the time. Right. Yeah. You know, kind of showed me what the job was. And I mean, at that time, I thought this is just the coolest thing in the world. This is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah. kind of that's what I had my eyes set on. And then when I worked at this uh, outdoor sporting goods store, one of the other employees there who I became very good friends with, her father was also a conservation officer. Oh, wow. So he kind of took me under his wing and, um, you know, taught me like... Uh, and they were grooming you because... Your, keep your nose clean and... Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. The you know. same thing that we do today. Yeah, you know? I mean, exactly. You keep your nose clean, there's a, probably a good chance you can do it. Cause right. Because how many times do we use backgrounds and, you know, we flush them out because they did something stupid. Right, right. Um, just not thinking and... And some of us have... just didn't get caught doing something stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's all about what you got caught doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes some of the interactions I've had, you know, the, the third time, you know, I'm like, you know, you shouldn't do anything wrong because you keep getting caught, you know, yeah. you're just not good at violating. So, you know, and they're hanging there. Yeah, you're right. You know, so just try, try the straight and narrow for a little bit because you keep getting caught. So, right. but yeah, so, some people didn't. So, but anyways, <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. No, <laughs> no let's not do that. But a volunteer, do they still have that position today? No, they don't. We I, don't have a volunteer. We do have a ride-along program. Okay. So when we have interested candidates mm-hmm. or just, you know, high school students who really want right. to learn what the job is, um, yeah, we, we definitely hook them up with some officers in the field, and, and they get to get out there and experience it just like I did. Right, right, over, no. Over 25 years ago. (laughs) And I did a similar thing, rode along with my local conservation officer for years and years and years and kind of groomed me to to be a game warden. So it's it's really cool because you get that training before you get your training. Exactly. And I have a lot of of interested candidates, female and and male mm. alike, that come to me and, you know, ask me, what what can I do? Mm-hmm. And that's my first recommendation is do ride-alongs. Yeah. And our state is so diverse. I say, do them all over the state. Mm-hmm. Don't just do them in your area if you have an opportunity. Right. You it's know, diversified. To, yeah. You right. Know, we've got, we've got rivers, lakes, streams, and then. You've got you know, game wardens in the city too, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. You know? We've got Detroit and we've got mm. Belle Isle, which is our 104th state park. And it's just in a very urban area right um completely different mm-hmm. and um to get that diverse experience it really helps when you're out in the field somewhere else no dealing with people you know totally understand that so do females gravitate to you to ask you those questions do you think they do yeah, yeah i think so and they ask about physical fitness too you know because i try to per- portray that i'm yeah. physically fit and i work really hard at it and, and it takes and you can effort. do pretty much anything a guy can do I try. Yeah. <laughs> every every fitness test that we do every year, um, that that's my goal is it's to, to beat, kick their butts. Is to beat the twenty to twenty five year old male um, testing scores. Wow. And I've been successful so far. Uh, I'm so. sure you have. <laughs> yeah. And I also, when we have recruit schools, I go and work out with them, and you know, kind of show them that other people can do it just as well as it. 25 year old male <laughs> right right no no doubt no doubt because i think that's one of the big concerns of females is it can be very physically demanding you know whether it's dragging a deer or you know bringing those antlers out of the woods or doing a search and rescue mission or you know handling a piece of equipment like a snowmobile and stuff like exactly. that so yeah they are intimidated you know backing up a trailer mm-hmm. and and doing that sort of thing but our agency is just phenomenal at making sure that all of the officers have the skills that they need to be confident yes. in the job that they do. And that, and, that's um, so important. Yeah, and I've seen no 
um, differences between the men and the women in the field. In fact, Great. our last four recruit schools, we've had a third women wow. um, in those schools. And, and like I said, we don't change our standards whatsoever. Right. And we've had women at the top of the, the class for each one. Many of them won awards for uh, the work that, that they've done. That's extremely impressive, you know, looking around the nation and stuff. I think that's extremely impressive because, A, we're having a hard time recruiting people, never mind women. And, right. you know, to have that, you know, up there to those standards is, is very impressive. I, you know, Michigan should be proud of proud of that. So, oh, And we are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah I, right. I can tell, <laughs> and as position, you should I be. Am. So, because right. I'm sure you're part of that formula that, that makes that happen. So, well, I uh, try. I hope. I hope I can leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, no, but I think you're doing a heck of heck of a job, Jen. But we, we haven't even gone to DNR. We've been talking about DNR, but you know, you started off in the state police. That yeah. wasn't what your passion was. That wasn't your love. And uh, how long did you spend there? I spent about five years with the state police. Um, and I'm I was, assuming you got some pretty good skill sets while you were there. Yeah, I did. I uh, I worked at a post in northern Michigan, not my home county, because they'll never put you in a home county. So mm-hmm. um, I was at least five or six counties away. But I worked in a, a very rural, we covered three counties. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it was uh, the Pigeon River Forest, which is a federal forest with lots of elk and bear and you know phenomenal hunting Mm -hmm. so me being the cub at the post is what we were called you know the newbies coming in um i'm on midnight shifts the cob the cub the cub okay cub gotcha um so i would uh you know, I found myself out in the Pigeon River. Forest That's better than Baby Warden because I've, oh, I've yeah. heard that, uh, that <laughs> Eddie <laughs> Henderson Warden. out of Georgia called them Baby Wardens, which oh, I, I actually like Baby Wardens, but Cubs, Cubs a little bit better. Yeah, Cubs. <laughs> yeah, the Cubs at the post. You know, yeah. we got to clean the bathrooms and do all those things that uh-huh. the Cubs had to do. Before, yeah, uh, but yeah, so I, so I'm on midnight crew, and you know, I find myself out looking for animals and driving through Pigeon River Forest, and uh, it we had it, it's an area that draws a lot of fishermen and hunters Mm and um did you ever check licenses as a trooper always yeah Yeah. and that's That's what i say you know they do the same job we do um Mm -hmm. but yeah opening day deer season i'd be driving through pigeon river forest stopping at camps and uh yeah funny because all the guys would be like oh what's a honey bear doing out here yeah so you know they called me the honey bear and uh because you know i'm female driving around in the woods checking hunters right um but it, those are the kind of relationships that you develop and it's just getting yeah. out there and talking to people and it's a passion of mine so uh-huh. they were easy to talk to and yeah you come across violations and i i always got to thank you yeah you know when when i issued that citation it was generally a pleasant experience yeah so. and, and i've had a few trooper friends uh that, that check licenses too and uh i always say they should have been game wardens but i had a fisherman ask me one time he goes yeah a trooper just stopped here and checked my license can he do that you know right. i'm like absolutely he can <laughs> and i'm very happy he did so yeah. uh, and then when he'd get stuck in places that he shouldn't even be i'd go out and pull him out because he was out uh, being a game warden slash trooper so oh yeah but uh, I've <laughs> <been> there. <laughs> he bought himself a set of chains later after after I pulled him out that last oh, time because yeah. I, he's like, yeah, you might not be around next time, Wayne. So I, I went out and purchased a set of chains so I could try to help myself out a little more. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what a safety blanket can get you out of in the really nice too. Yeah, yeah, that, that's <laughs> through plenty of those. Yeah, <laughs> need another safety blanket, huh, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm no, sure you learned those valuable time. skills of getting a car out of places a truck should be. Absolutely. Oh, so right. but you never lost your passion, huh? Oh no. No, um, in recruit school, I met my husband, uh, who happened to have the same desires I did. Was he a recruit you know, too? 
yeah, he, he was uh, state police, and that's where we met was at the academy. Oh, cool. Kinda, I mean, it's very paramilitary. Mm-hmm. So you weren't really able to engage with your classmates. Yeah, a whole you didn't lot. chat a whole lot, huh? No, no. no but it was a, a drive track week when they lighten up a little bit and they let you talk. So that was our first communication. And and I had a, my my godfather was a Big John from Big John Downriggers. You know, he had the company that that does downriggers, right? Wow. They make downriggers. So I was talking about the the fishing tournaments that I'd been on for salmon and the Great Lakes and that sort of thing. And uh-huh. my husband wasn't husband at the time no i guess was immediately enthralled yeah, yeah he, he never met a girl like that before <laughs> right right <laughs> she's talking about downriggers <laughs> yeah like what yeah i don't think i've ever met a girl that's been talking about downriggers uh-huh. so <laughs> yeah so um yeah but so that's interesting that that's how we met and uh you know at that time we had no idea that we would end up dating and getting engaged and married how, how many years now yeah, well, just had our anniversary yesterday for 18 years. So. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank and you. Both have careers in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's I pretty think that's awesome. a big part of why we've made it so long. You know, we've got a lot of law enforcement friends who've been through yeah. several divorces. Right. And uh, I think just having that understanding of the job yeah, you're right. really helps. You're right, because absolutely, because the divorces are people that don't understand. Right. So and don't yeah. want to deal with it. And it's it's a pressure of the job, mm-hmm. you know, and the stress and understanding that mm-hmm. you're going to deal with that stress in different ways. And sometimes you need space, and sometimes you need a hug. Yes. You know. Nope. That that's good. So and just so everybody knows, her husband's a mountain of a man too. He's uh he he's enormous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're considered yeah. mutton Jeffs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bob, Bob's just the first time I met him. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and he played division one football right yes he did for for which college uh western michigan university figures so and i just yeah. I, I always thought he was a football player because that's what he looks like and mm-hmm. then i just confirmed that the other night so i'm like yeah and then i've been sharing that with everybody else you know bob played football and they're all enthralled so with the, <laughs> with the, the, the clemson thing coming up next year and stuff oh so, yeah he's yeah. excited to go to that yeah one i bet he is yeah, yeah. and uh yeah, but he is, he's a big teddy bear. He's yeah. Not her to fly. Oh, he seems you know, like an he awesome cries guy. cries at babies. And yeah. <laughs> uh, he might always yep. say that on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he won't want to hear this. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. And it's great you guys have that relationship because it's always a, neat to see him when you come to these uh, conferences because that's how, how we got to meet is uh, yep. these conferences and, you know, become friends and uh, got you involved in IWC too. Yeah, yes. yeah you did. <laughs> roped me right that, in. That, that's, that's right. Well, we can see talent. You know, that's one thing I was always good at picking out talent, people that do things well. And uh, yeah, that, oh, that first I one, that, I, yeah, you. I saw that. And I'm like, you know, that's somebody we need to grab a hold of and carry on because she's talented. So, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, uh, looking at your, your resume here, I think uh, your agency is seeing you talented because you, you went over and, you know, the, you're trying to explain it to me, so if you can tell yeah. me how you went over to the DNR and what you did there to start. Oh, sure. So um, after, you know, trooping in northern Michigan for five years, um, as we were talking about my husband, um, he was at the other end of the state. So ah. he was, we, we were about 250 miles apart. Yeah, talk about some understanding, huh? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we spent our weekends off together, actually, mm-hmm. for a large portion of the time. We weren't on the same schedule, so... On yeah, my days and, off, I would weekends? go work with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. No yeah. Or past days is what, yeah, what your, we would your, call Yeah, your them. days off, yeah. Right. And if you so got I lucky, go, you get to spend a day together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but at least our sergeants allowed us to work together. So well, that's good. when I had my days off, I'd just go jump in the car with him. And, oh, you know, that's great. Yeah, go to yeah. domestics and help him out. <laughs> 
Great. <laughs> and then, you know, he would come up to northern Michigan and love riding around Pigeon River Forest. <laughs> oh, I bet. That was, that was like vacation for right. him. You yeah, know? exactly. See his first elk, and yeah, it, that was a good time. But then, you know, we were married for a year and still hadn't lived together. And getting to that point where we wanted to start a family. Yeah. That was something I said, well, no, I don't think I'm going to continue to do that alone. Right. So you had to shift gears. Had to shift gears. Um, the Department of Environmental Quality, which also has conservation officers, was looking to fill some positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so both my husband and I were going to apply at the time because they had a couple of positions, both near me and near him. He was going to apply for it too? Yes. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a water quality guy to me. No, no. no. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, probably a good thing. I think probably a good thing. The Lord thing. was shining over us uh, at the time. I, I think so. I just don't see Bob in that role. Yeah, yeah. yeah that position up near me was pulled. So mm-hmm. um, I applied for and was promoted into that agency as an environmental conservation officer mm. um, and to do environmental crime. So it, it was a major change of pace oh, I know, bet. as far as taking a lot of burglaries, domestics, criminal sexual uh-huh. conduct, and now you're looking at pollution control and water contamination and, wow. and corporate entity crimes and that sort of thing. So it, it was a large learning curve. Every case was a learning curve. Yeah, you know, it was, there was um, no one case the same, huh? No, and it's uh, the Enripa laws are very gray. You know, What's an Enripa law? National Resource uh, Environmental Protection Act. Okay. So I never had to deal with that. Yeah, so all of all of those laws are very convoluted. You know, a lot of your witnesses now are those are federal laws or those state laws for Michigan. Federal and state. Federal state and state. Can, so. State can implement uh, more stringent laws than uh-huh. federal. So sometimes they do that, but sometimes they adopt the federal standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a so. state entity, you were working on the federal laws as well and had yes. federal authority. Uh, not federal authority at that time. So you had to bring it to a federal EPA. In, okay. Yeah, EPA agents uh, within the state. So sometimes okay. we did work side by side with them, hand in hand on yeah. cases like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, just as we do now with U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Exactly. Um, although in Michigan we are, uh, we do have authority to enforce the federal laws. Mm. U.S. Fish and Wildlife right. Service has, as do yeah. we in most. Yeah. I think all states. Possibly. Yeah. I'm sure. All states in the U.S. I right, mean, I all states in the U.S. Canada yeah. does it, but uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what Canada does either. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about that at the conference. We need to get more of them here. Yeah, ab- um, absolutely. Yeah, so that that was, like I said, a, it was a different culture as far as law enforcement mm. goes. And I also you know, moved from my comfort of a rural northern community in Michigan to the capital, right? Wow. State capital. And, um, Huge. Yeah. Now, was Bob's patrol area close by? Um, yeah, he was. He was about forty minutes away, so okay. it still allowed us, yeah, to live together for the yeah. first time, which was yeah. also an adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, people say we did it backwards, but um, yeah, yeah, it, two Type A personalities uh, is always a challenge, no matter what your roles are. So yeah, yeah, no, but it was. Good experience, and uh, we're very happy. And now we have our son, so we accomplished that goal too. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So from there, you moved on to you went, you you moved from the the water quality environmental investigations to the the fish and wildlife end, huh? Yeah, yeah. So um, just still my time in DEQ. There was a heavy focus on emergency management. We had nine eleven. We had Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. We had all these major incidents that really brought out some presidential directives and adoption of the National Incident Management System statewide. So there were some requirements put upon state agencies to have 
emergency management programs. Mm. Um, so I kind of, being in Lansing, being at state capital, got absorbed into that of, of working for the department on an emergency management level mm. um, and coordinating our resources for response and support to local entities when their resources were deplenished and that sort of thing. So right. there again was a little twerk in my career where you know, I'm learning something totally new, but you know, mm-hmm. if we're not learning, we're not growing. So That's, boy, you're absolutely right on yeah, that. I've, so. I've really loved my career in that I've had those opportunities to mm-hmm. expand my mind and, Right. Continue to learn. And to be honest with you, you're learning a lot of stuff that I didn't wouldn't want to learn. So yeah. I, I'm so happy there are people <laughs> like you. Because oh, I remember, you know, as they're looking for people to do that, you know, a bunch of us took a one step back and left those other people one step forward. So they were in front of the line. So because yeah. that's, that's not my forte. You yeah. know? But, oh, uh, and you're dealing with a lot of political issues, mm. and, you know, that side of it as well. So right. Things yeah. that, yeah. Most officers just want to stay yeah, out of the line. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So. Let me lock them up and put them away, and then I'm done. And <laughs> move on to the next Move case. on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, and stick with what you know. But uh, I'm so happy that people step up that because someone has to. Right. You know, and yeah. to have a skill set to do those types of things is mm-hmm. huge. So. Yeah. But in the emergency management world, I found... Um, those people in, in those careers are very passionate and compassionate, mm-hmm. you know, for to deal with. They're them. almost the first responders on steroids because they've, they've been promoted up through there. Most of them have that lower basic level to start before yeah. they start managing. Right. So you're right. They, they have the compassion. They mm-hmm. have the, you know, the skill set. They know what's going on out there as long as they remember what's going on out there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, a, it's a sense of duty that... It's very similar to any law enforcement agency. You mm-hmm. have that sense of duty to respond, to answer the phone at midnight, you know, mm-hmm. and to get up and go when you need to go. Right. Um, and it's serious when you have to get up and go. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, if you're, whether it be you're, you know, responding to a natural disaster like a tornado or a water contamination event, mm-hmm. know, it's, you're still, you're protecting thousands of citizens. Mm-hmm. And your mission is to make sure that everybody gets back to normal. Right. Uh, there's a recovery period and they feel safe and have trust in their community and right. their leaders and that sort of thing. So. Right. And we don't have to go into details, but you were heavily involved with that national uh, Flynn water issue, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. So, so as I was in DEQ, um, the position open in DNR as uh, the position that I'm in now mm-hmm. as lieutenant um, to oversee their emergency management and homeland security section and their communications section, which is the dispatch center for our report op poaching hotline. There's a lot of responsibilities wrapped into those titles. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. I feel they, they, they take a catch all. Traits. Yeah. Yeah. And other duties as assigned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. As we all know, I guess. in any management position. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, w- I was offered that opportunity and, and took it. Took it by the reins, and, mm. and then uh, Flint water contamination occurred, and and that was pretty much as soon as you took that position, yes. wasn't? If I remember yeah. correctly, and uh, yeah. yeah, very early on, within the first month or two. Um, so at that point, I was kind of brought back in. I was I was actually doing emergency management for both departments. So mm-hmm. I was doing it for DNR and DEQ. So heavy focus on what we were doing for DEQ, as well as the investigation. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot. Of, just everything. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can't. We could spend 
days. Yeah. <laughs> days and days. And it'd probably be too technical home. and I'd be bored, to be honest yeah. with you. But I, I, I love the investigation side of those types of things, no matter what it is. I just like, right. I like finding the truth and, 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 you know, bringing them to prosecution and stuff. And I, I'm sure even with water, I'd be the same way. And, you know, and that, that hit national news and uh, made a big splash. And uh, to, to know that you were involved with that is was, pretty impressive that, you know, they had someone doing that that I knew. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. and it was pretty surprising too because the Department of Natural Resources um, incident management teams with our forest fire mm-hmm. section, they're in forest resource division, but um, you know they're the guys who combat all the wildfires in our state, mm-hmm. and they're very institutionalized with the incident management teams mm-hmm. and, and bringing order to chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they were brought in as well to assist the DEQ staff. To bring to order to manage, chaos. Yeah, to manage this whole incident that's occurring. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, a, you know, a big national drive. And then you have your celebrities like Cher showing up and, mm. um, you know, so many layers and right. putting in 20-hour days for consecutive days in a row. But yep. and great I think experience. It, yeah, no, no, no <laughs> but, doubt. Uh, nothing it, I would want to go through again. That, I totally understand. <laughs> so, But that just brings how much important water is, you know. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we take... Granted for water. We still get water for free in restaurants, mm-hmm. you know. When you turn your faucet on and water and, comes out. And it's on, exactly. Yeah. So when, especially in the East Coast, we have more water than I, I look in Nevada. I'm like, wow, their water is precious here. Yes. You know, yeah. but uh, in the East Coast, it's it's pretty prevalent and we get quite a bit of it. And when we don't, we're like, what the heck's going on, you know? Right. You know, it's water. We should have it all the time. Oh, geez. Right um, now we're having too much water. Too much water. Yeah. 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 We don't have enough. We have That's too much, you know, we need that just time. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. People forget, you know, in 1997 and in 1986, we had extreme high water levels. Mm. Um, so it's cyclical. Yes. But people forget. Yes. Um, uh, we have very short memories as humans. Yes. Yes. So, so. And, and it's funny to look back through the records to see the cold temperatures of like 1901. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, this is crazy. You know, this is a, it's where it's climate change is this. Well, we'll look back. In 1901, they had the same thing going on. So, exactly. You know, so, and I'm not saying it's not climate change. I'm not saying it is, but it's just, you know, let's look back in our history for as long as we've been taking records and, and, and use that to, to, to look at it. So, exactly. Um, floods, you know, the, the, the hundred year flood it's no longer a hundred year flood it's like a 500 year flood or or a 50 year flood you know Mm because we've seen the hundred year floods i think i've seen three of them in the last 10 years yes well just last year we had a hundred year flood event followed up by a 500 year flood event three weeks later right in the same location right houghton county which was upper peninsula far west side right and we're still recovering from that that's going to be multi-year yeah and we need to start engineering for the 500 year flood exactly you know why are we engineering for the 100 year flood or not even engineering for it you know we 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 blast out that 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 bridge they build the same bridge right i'm like that doesn't make any sense to me you know because within 100 years, according to, you know, they say it's going to go again. So let's build it for the 500-year flood and hope for the best. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Our infrastructure is very old, so it's yeah. you know, trying to prioritize. And I know it's all course. about money yep. and this and that, but, you know, we got to start thinking long-term and solutions, not just doing what we've always done. Right. So, well, same thing in, in conservation. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're certainly shifting focus on yes what we've done and i mean we look at just in michigan looking at trails and trail use mm. and, you know it used to just be hikers well now we're focusing on you know mountain bikes you get the big mountain bike drive and right and you know now we're looking at disc golf and 
other recreation opportunities just the next best thing that pops out of the rabbit's hat you know right and trying to forecast that and plan ahead yep for your infrastructure and how you're going to sustain that for the the user the end user Mm -hmm. Um, and it's all going on in the outdoors and we're the police in the woods i keep saying so no matter what happens the the police in the woods right you know if it happened in the woods i'll call the dnr you know, yeah. and I think nationwide, if somebody gets lost, call the DNR. Yep. You know, if someone, you know, if something's happening in the woods, call the DNR. So yeah. we certainly uh, share responsibilities. You know, I, I've been involved with a few murders and stuff that have been in the woods. So, and that yeah. that's kind of typical because, you know, when it's in the woods, if they don't have the skill sets, they call who, who does, which is smart. Yes. So, yeah. um, and we work very well with our troopers too. So, and half of them that I work with should be game wardens too. Yeah. So, As but, do we. Yeah. 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 yeah so especially bob you gotta you know <laughs> he would love to yeah it, you know he keeps asking why well, can't you guys just bring in yeah. without having to go through another recruit school you yeah, know because he's 50 now and i'm yeah. 45 and no yeah. i wouldn't want to it, go through it, it, it ain't gonna happen again so. <laughs> another 18 weeks of yeah yeah no he, he's there for the long term so for sure and yeah i, I would want to do it again too yeah. but i am seeing older people get involved uh graham courtney works for us and i did a podcast with him i think he came on at 40 so yeah. Yeah. again very physically fit very mm-hmm. outgoing but you know i'm thinking how would I? I don't want to do that at forty. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm fifty know. now too, but I wouldn't want to do it at forty. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, my knees and hips and wouldn't be able to hold up. I don't mm-hmm. think, but yeah, no. No so. matter how hard you work out, <laughs> right? But it's good that you're seeing a trend change, especially as females coming into law enforcement and your recruiting seems to be doing really well there in Michigan. So a lot of Michigan people gravitating to the job or are people coming from all over the country to get there? Uh, we are seeing quite an influx in people outside the country, okay. outside the state anyway, um, neighboring states, either people who visited or went to school here in Michigan and they want to stay in Michigan. Nice. It is a beautiful state. I mean, I've traveled when I graduated from high school, I took three months off and just went out west. You know, I did the whole nice, took all my money and mm-hmm. went for as long as I could, right? Yep. And visited every state park I could hit. Um, and that really ingrained in me how beautiful of a state I yeah. live in. You yeah. Know, I, I love Michigan. And had I not had that experience, I, I wouldn't have looked at it the same. Right. You, you got know, woods, I, you got water. Yeah. You, know. you got the seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like I like to visit Florida. I love to go saltwater fishing, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do it twenty four seven three sixty five. Yeah, because it doesn't change a whole lot, <laughs> right. does it down there? No. So. And as conservation officers, we need that change. <sighs> the change in the seasons. I mean, and the change in the job. It, it's the best job in the world. Yeah, because every really every you know three to four months, it's changing on you. Yep. So, yeah, and that's what I liked is the variety. You know, mm-hmm. poor Bob, you, your, your husband does the same oh, type of work jealous. day in and day yeah. out. Guess what? When it starts snowing, I get a snowmobile out. Yeah. You know, when it right. thaws, I'm out there checking fishermen. I'm stocking fish. And summertime, I'm on an ATV. You know, I'm doing search and rescue. The fall comes, it's hunting season, you know. Yeah. And we're shifting gears all the time. And, you know, and it's a different job every every season. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. you're sitting on the freeway. Yeah, that's tough to take. I couldn't have done it. I'm, a, I'm so happy that I found my niche early on. So, And I'm so happy that we're sharing with it. I, I think, you know, people, you know, we may not get paid as much as, you know, some of the other law mm-hmm. enforcement, but man, our office is phenomenal. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so. um, and the tools that we get, you mm-hmm. know, we get boats. I'm and glad you call them these. tools. A lot of people call them toys, but yeah, you know, everything turns into a job. I will say that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, about my 
10th day on a snowmobile, I'm like, yeah, this sucks. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's cold and it's, you know. Yeah, and, you but, know, being in 100 degrees on a kayak with your uniform and your yeah, vest and your gun belt. And, yeah, it's it, it, not all yeah, fun. And, yeah, yeah we do. But we do explain that to our cadets as well. You mm-hmm. know, the people who are interested in the job that. But I never remember that stuff. I always remember the good stuff, you right. know, being yeah. in the kayak. Yeah, well, being retired, around. right? That is yeah, probably. being retired, I can reflect. I, I, I miss all the good stuff, and I don't miss all the bad stuff is what I say. So, Yeah, uh, yeah. and you've had quite some experiences yourself. Yes, so. no doubt. It's been a phenomenal career, and I'm glad I'm here to say that. Yeah. So, But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, 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 been, it's definitely a dangerous career, too, because of the people we deal with, and we deal with a lot of good people. We deal with a lot of bad people. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I... I often complain about the amount of time we spend in training, but it is so necessary. You yeah, know? You know, and when yeah, it's time, it kicks shooting. in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you shoot four or five times a year. Um, we're up to four times a year now. Got survival tactics twice a year, first aid. There's a lot of and, training, and there's a lot of training. And then we have our specialized training: the ORV, mm. the Marine, right? The trapping, you know, mm. so much of it. Search and rescue. Yeah, you know, we do a winter search and rescue up in. The Upper Peninsula, and okay. uh, you know, you're out there in frigid temperatures, learning how to survive yourself. Uh huh. You know, when you might be trying to rescue somebody. So right. And it, we've had we've had an officer just uh, two years ago who um he was he was ice fishing on his own time with other conservation officers, but had left and kind of lost his way. It was dark and ended up breaking through the ice ugh. on his sled. You know, personal sled, but he was able to save himself because of the training that he had for his mm-hmm. job. You know. Yeah. Uh, that that's huge and he just retired a couple of weeks ago so thank yeah. god yeah yeah so and, and i might remember it's something in the news there some of the michigan officers went out on the ice and caught a, a guy that was a kidnapper or something or am i i'm missing that um no i think let me think about it here we did we did find somebody i don't think it was on the ice okay it may have been they were trying to head to canada was, or something yeah i i think it was uh i think it was two tracking somewhere Mm-hmm. They found somebody in the woods that yeah, yeah. was a kidnapper. Yeah. So. Oh, we have so many success. I was just reading um, our news updates this morning and just recovered a, a two-year-old girl that spent the night in the woods. You know, yeah. She, she got lost early in the morning. And then we're they we're good her. at what we do, aren't we? Yeah. 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 I'm very yeah. proud of conservations across the nation. Or we're very good at what we do. Very good, but yeah. very humble. You know, you Yes, but that's why I'm talking to you because we don't need to be humble. We need to tell people what we're doing. We need to tell people that we're good at what we do. And, you know, when it's in the woods, you, you want your game wardens there. Right. Yeah. So. And we need to support support other states who don't have as many mm. as we do. You know, I mean, we Absolutely. Just we were just we're talking about here. Nevada. Yeah, we're you know? sitting here in Nevada, and they've got 31 officers wow. for the entire state. Yeah, and that's I think just... you could fit, I don't know, six New Hampshires in Nevada, probably more. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have about the same staffing. It just blows my mind. So it's amazing. Yeah. So as a woman, were you ever more worried about some? You know, dealing with you know, you're talking about the, you know, towards the Upper Peninsula or your patrol, and you know, does is that more conscious of you? Do you, do you work differently? You think? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it, throughout my career, whether it was the state police or the DNR, you know, I felt confident that I was given the tools. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's your responsibility too. You know, I I. I teach Girl Scouts and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, on how to be defensive and offensive, you know, yep. to carry yourself with purpose, to, mm-hmm. you know, look like you know where you're walking and that you, where you're going and that you have a, a stoutness about you that, yeah. you, that you're portraying that physically. Um, so I think I've had the training, but it's also the mindset of, you know, you're going home regardless right. that day. You're, you're going to go home. Yeah. Um, and it's just knowing my capabilities and, and keeping 
up with my strength and, you know. Were, were you treated yeah. differently by people you deal with because you're a woman? Did you ever have any? Um, well, yeah, I think in all of my, even growing Cause up. Because you, you broke know, into a man's, and, basically a man's job. I mean, yeah, and even back in then, 21 back, years ago. As far back as working in the backpacking stores and mm-hmm. the fishing stores. You, you know, dealt you with can, that a lot, huh? Oh, yeah, you mm-hmm. get those you know, yeah, I don't want to hear from you, little come girl. In and you say, know? "Is there?" Literally, ask me straight to my face. Is there a man I can talk to? Yeah. You know. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And I, you go into the profession knowing you're going to have to deal with that. Right. Right. And you, you just got to recognize it. Mm-hmm. And it's about how you react to it. Mm-hmm. It's not. You, you can't get angry about it. it right. It's, it's a, in existence. It's going to be there. It's about how you react to it. Mm-hmm. I've always reacted with kindness and just. You know, I remember specifically one person who was uh, talking to me about some hunting equipment, and I explained everything that, you know, I knew, which was very thorough, and, mm-hmm. nope, still want to talk to a man. Okay, bring another person up. He hears the exact same thing. So he ends up apologizing to me, <laughs> you know, purchases the equipment, um, recognized himself that, you know, he was in the wrong. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be treating and I've had it happen on the road too, you know, where you get very upset older men who yeah. don't believe the that. little girls just stop me. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, I couldn't. I'm old enough to be your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, you are. And I've got 20 more years to work. And if I got to deal with people like you every day, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so you know, it's about how you react to yeah to what's going to come at you because you can't control what's going to come at you. Right, right. So some of those uh, tools that you've been given. And I, I think that store was a really good starting place for you, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. It gave you a lot of those verbal tools to, to, to make 21 years. So. Right. Yeah. I, I can see that. And probably your mother, too, instilled that you're always coming home, too, and yeah. go out there and run in 110 <laughs> degrees and do your push-ups at the stoplights. And yeah, so I, I think you had some skills growing up that were instilled in you that uh, carried you through very easily, I think. So. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I didn't have an easy childhood. Um, you know, very had to deal with some very hard situations growing up. Didn't have a lot of support from my father on that mm-hmm. you know side of the house so uh but I, I still say everything happens for a purpose and that's what made me who i am today so mm-hmm. even though there's lots of struggles it's the fight that you had to get through yeah to make you who you are yeah and yeah. i will say you you portray confidence so and, and you've got a great personality too and it, you know that's why i think i gravitated to you in that first uh conference because you have that you, you're capable and that's that's exactly yeah, you. uh, what your persona says. I'm capable, and you know I, I can get the job done. And you know that, that's a nice. And managing a dispatch center is a huge, huge responsibility. And I don't un- think under people understand just the the personnel, the calls, the you know the the things that somebody managing that that t- that takes a skill set that is uh it's it, it's tough. I've seen some of the toughest things in dispatchers, and I just. Uh, Talking to one of the other, doing another podcast that um, with a guide fitter, you know, when they were trying to say who's uh, professionals and stuff, dispatchers were just recognized as first responders. Right. And I think yeah. that's long overdue. Yes, very much long overdue. Because they are the first. They, they, they may are. not be there, but they're the first responder. They're the hidden first responder. But they, they, they are, I guess, the top of that three-legged chair. Mm. If you didn't have them, yes. you know, fire, emergency response, EMS would mm-hmm. all fall apart. You know, yes. and they're the connection with 
the one person on the phone, that citizen that's having the worst day of their life. Yeah, exactly. And the job to do that and um, the multitasking that they do is insane. Yes. You know, and, and, uh, and a lot of times for our dispatch center, no, no, we don't handle those public safety calls, the 911 calls, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But they are the first contact that they're having with our department in mm-hmm. many cases. Right. Um, so just the professionalism that they have to carry, mm-hmm. as well as sitting in a room with no windows with mm. other people for 12 hours a day where they don't right. have an opportunity to step away from, from their console for five minutes. Um, right. It really is an unrecognized I, I totally profession. agree. They're, they're, they're lifelines, uh, yes. you know, lifelines yeah. for your officers, you know, and when they do get those calls, they react, at least the ones I've always dealt with, react very professionally, very efficiently, and they're there for you in the field. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that lifeline. Yeah, so. and that's, you know, their prim- primary responsibility is officer safety, and mm-hmm. they take it so seriously. Right. You know, like that is... That is their main goal, right? Is to serve the officers in the field. Yeah, you know, and they're the catalysts for the complaints mm-hmm. and the the information that we're getting from our operation games these times. Our, our your your rap line, you got to be the mm-hmm. only rap line. I know in in North America, I think so. Yeah. And rap line remind me again. Report, report a poacher. Report all poaching. Report all poaching. Okay, rap. Wisconsin mm-hmm. rap. R A P. Uh, the number one eight hundred two nine two seven eight hundred. Michigan. Though. Michigan. Not Wisconsin. Oh, did I say Wisconsin? <laughs> I am Wisconsin. so sorry. That's all right. I'm gonna have to cut that one out of the podcast. So, oh boy, uh, I'll have Michigan and Wisconsin mad at me. So I can't can't do that. But yeah, so the only rap line that that I'm aware of. So, yeah. but I'm I'm gonna remember it, Jen, just because. Because it is the only one, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have anything to do with the naming that, but yeah, it, it's, it's but that, that well got you to, to be involved with International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, huh? Yeah, yeah. So. Four years ago. Four so, years ago, yes. And now um, you're the regional um, representative for your area, right? Yeah, Midwest Regional yeah. Director. So yeah, absolutely. That solidified my place here in IWC. That's right. But it's a great, I mean, a great organization. You're right. You know, like I said, there's... There's states like us who have 250 officers, but then you look at states like Nevada, Nevada with 31, 31, and they don't have a budget base. So right. we're all here to support one another, and that's important. Yeah, that's, that's our overall goal is to stop all all poaching yeah. everywhere. And that's what so, International Wildlife Crime Stoppers it it helps the the ones that need help. Exactly. So yeah. I, I I think it's an awesome role that we've done, and uh, I've certainly been happy to, to be part of it. And uh, sounds like you are too. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's a great mission, and yeah. So hopefully we can get other supporters and, you know, the general public to support it as well. So I know that we're going to do memberships now. So anybody can be a member yes. of International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, which is uh, an awesome thing to, to have a decal on your car in your house and uh, be a part of that mission with us. Absolutely. Oh, so that's really yeah. cool. Uh, anything in closing you want to talk about or, you know, I always say this is much your podcast as my podcast. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great because I, I learned a lot more about you. Um, yeah. you know, uh, well, I guess, uh, we are hiring. We hope to run another school next summer. You're always hiring, aren't you? I Cause know, we're always hiring. Like, yeah. So well, if you, we if you want to go, got people retiring, so we have a, yeah. always hiring, but if you uh, want to go live in Michigan and, you know, yeah, have, have the water, state. the beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, so that, that would be good. It's a good, definitely a good place to, to go. Mm-hmm. So to be a game warden. Yeah. So. Well, and I think, uh, what I found just in these conferences as well as, you know, leadership academies and stuff that I've attended networking with other officers from other States 
mm. is important. It's yeah. huge. It's it's just it adds to that perspective once more. Just as diversifying your work is, or mm-hmm. what you do throughout your career, it's just as important, I think, to broaden that net and networking with other right. officers throughout the state. And IWC aids in that well, right? Too, so. And you know our our well, she was our only female officer, Heidi Murphy. Yes, so through yeah. through that networking stuff. So now we have two officers, so we've increased by what a hundred percent. Outstanding. <laughs> There's always a starting point. Yes, I, I don't think absolutely. You can <laughs> yeah, and you had fifteen in the academy. We got we got two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's. It, it, I enjoy my profession. It's nice to see women coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm one of 15 lieutenants, mm. and I'm the only female. You know, so yes. it's great during meetings. I never have a line at the bathroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, That's awesome. <laughs> there are some perks. Yes, <laughs> to being one of the few. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's talent. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female or you know, Hispanic or yeah. what diversity you come from. Right. It's it's um, having those experiences and bringing a- any, your talent to the table. Any tips for the females trying to break into this, you know, job? Yeah. I mean, just what I tell all of our folks is get your experience, you know, mm-hmm. get out there, get to know what the job is. Mm-hmm. Because I find a lot of people come in thinking that they know in their mind because they've seen it on tv mm. they've seen all the fun stuff that right happens they haven't seen the backside they haven't seen the backside mm-hmm. so that's where i really recommend get in your ride-alongs work mm. on your physical fitness you know you're the only person that knows what your weaknesses are mm-hmm. and connect with the people that can help you strengthen your weaknesses and get some experience under your belt as far as life experience yeah you know we get we get a lot of really that's great life coaching period no matter what you're doing right yeah Yeah. so So. awesome hey thanks for taking the time with me jen uh jen wolf uh 21 years with michigan dnr and uh to give that experience to give that side that female side of the job is uh is priceless um i've had a lot of requests for it and uh hopefully we'll fill the void i plan on doing a, a, a lot more females as much as i can i know there's at least a few more in michigan so yeah, that, that, that's are. good to know i can so. connect you up with some folks great and uh, you've got my contact information if mm. you ever have any uh cohorts out there that want to give me a call yeah more than welcome to, to talk to others hey so, thanks hey. a lot jen you're welcome Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from Game Wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves Game Wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch.